The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, August 14th, 2022. And thanks for joining us for the Tales of the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. This is the series opener for the six-part season one miniseries, so I don't have any spoilers for you guys tonight. We usually don't do spoilers, but some of the things that we post that are from AMC may slightly show what's coming up. But there's nothing, because this is all brand new and shiny, and thank you for joining us for this. Um, Tonight's show will not contain any spoilers, because it's all new, but, you know, next couple weeks might. And we hope you guys can join us for those. In the meantime, typically we start this show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week. And this show will be the same, with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together. And then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 to 10, 1 being, holy crap, get it out of here, and 10 being, this is so perfect and you need to do this all the time. <laughs> we haven't really had any 1s or 10s, but that gives you an idea of the scale. And we also like to give commentary, uh, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the casting crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in, excuse my hiccups, I'm sorry, uh, in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. Welcome to the opener of Tales of the Walking Dead. We'll all be new to the series together tonight. More on this in a minute. Second, the final season of the Walking Dead classic starts in October 2022. The season has been going, but this is the final eight episodes ever. The third half, uh, well, quote half, (laughs) the final third of it. Uh, Fractions are hard and I'm tired. Okay, eight episodes are remaining. Opening with season 11, episode 17, which airs October 2nd, 2022 to November 20th, 2022. Fear the Walking Dead Season 8 is currently said to be airing in late 2022 to 2023. It's possible it will air after Walking Dead Classic ends, which would be Thanksgiving weekend, October 27th to January 15th, 2023, with their Part 2, eight episodes later in 2023. I don't know quite if we're trying to get back on the traditional schedule or not, because COVID has really upended everything and a lot of the shows are ending and new ones are coming, so it's really kind of hard to say. But I will keep you guys posted when I know things. All right, number four, this is a repeat, but just to be clear, uh, Walking Dead World Beyond is ended. There's likely a tie-in with the Commonwealth somehow, but we have no leads as to how that works. All righty, I'm checking. The chat room, Joan has joined us. Um, she it mentioned we were noticing that uh, Star Trek to Apocalypse, not concerning at all. Yeah, I'm not sure what's up with that, but thank you for being here tonight. Yay. (laughs) Always appreciated, and I know that you've been aggravated with fear, so this is a little break from all that. 
Um, next up, in 2023, the fourth main series is coming, a thus far still unnamed spinoff fronted by Daryl. It is rumored to connect to the newly discovered advanced walkers in France. And yes, there have been several articles confirming that the plot is going to end up in France. And that was a tie-in from World Beyond, from the ending, the little post uh, end of the series uh, scene that they had in there. And we'll line up with the timeline of 10 years after it all begins. Um, so I'm not sure... Joan, I don't know if you happen to know what timeline the Walking Dead classic is on, like how many years after it begins that all took place. Rick's with the Commonwealth and Anne, Jadis, whatever, made references to him, and they're 10 years ahead. So it's got to get caught up somehow so that this can all happen. And I hope they do a better job than they have earlier with the jumping around. Okay. As part of the Talking Dead, the Walking Dead Universe Preview 2022, Scott Gimple laid out some of what can be expected when the series premieres next year. He said, quote, the Daryl spinoff takes place in France, there's your confirmation, the world beyond CODA, is a bit of a tease of some of the things Daryl is going to face. Daryl's a fish out of water to start with. If Daryl finds himself with new people, he's a fish out of water. In France, in a country that's going through the apocalypse, it's an entirely different thing. He finds himself having to reinvent himself again, having to find himself again, and also not being with, probably, the only people in the world he's comfortable with. By the way, it is still, it still oddly does not have a name slash title yet. Um, there's the old notes that I've already read, you guys. I'm going to read them one more time because it's been a few months, actually, since we were together. April was the last that we did the show. Um, Carol and Daryl's story, no longer Carol in it, um, will continue in the Walking Dead universe. Following the departure of Melissa McBride from the Carol and Daryl Walking Dead spinoff series, and the reason, uh, before anybody jumps in her face, it, Melissa was not prepared to relocate to France in order to be available to do this show. It was too much uh, for whatever personal thing she's got going on. So there's, it's not off the table that she may connect to the show later or towards the end or in some way it's not completely out and done it's just you know not right now so instead david zabel z-a-b-e-l best known as a showrunner on the medical drama er is going to be taking over the new series angela kang is no longer acting as showrunner as was expected um currently it's just going by the name daryl in reference to norman reedus's character but we're not clear if that's just a placeholder name or not. I think I would like to think surely they'll come up with something better by the time it airs next year. The new Walking Dead spinoff has not had an easy time of late, and after being teased and promoted for months as the continuation of the story of Daryl and Carol in the last week, which is when these notes came out, it's been weeks now, it lost one half of its lead to now seemingly changed showrunner, no seemingly about it. Angela Kang is not assuming a showrunner role, but she is going to stay on as executive producer on the show that is set to shoot in Europe this summer for a 2023 premiere. It means it's shooting now and probably will be into the fall, and it will be edited, wrapped up, and put out in 2023. Uh, we're not sure exactly when. That kind of depends maybe on fear and the timing, uh, but we'll see because there's several little mini series that they're juggling. 
Um, speaking of little mini series that kind of is the redheaded stepchild and never gets mentioned anymore, it's over. But people keep saying, "Oh, you know, this such and such a series, the Negan and Maggie thing, and the Rick and Michonne thing," and and they're making it sound like this series didn't happen, as well as several others, including the webisodes. I really don't like that that they're orphaning their old work because it all should be loved together. So number six, reminder, Dead in the Water, which was the Fear Webisodes mini prologue. It concluded in spring 2022 and is archived on AMC Plus On Demand. Um, that was basically the explanation of the USS uh, Constitution and how it got that way. Uh, number seven, Maggie and Negan in New York, Isle of the Dead in New York City. Filming for the series began in July. Principal photography is set to take place in Manhattan, New York while studio filming will commence in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I assume there's a movie lot of some kind they're using. I don't know what's up there. Uh, on April 28th, it was announced that Gaius Charles, G-A-I-U-S, was cast as a lead opposite Lauren and Jeffrey D. Morgan in the role of Pearlie, P-E-R-L-I-E, Armstrong. This is also the first spinoff to not feature the words, quote, The Walking Dead, well, I don't know. Dead in the water doesn't. Neither do several others. You know, this is what I'm talking about. You guys are like ignoring your early work. Stop it. But it's definitely one of the more, more recent projects. It doesn't have The Walkie Dead and the title. They are kind of moving away from that a little bit. Shortly after Alicia Debnam Carey exited Fear, Jeffrey Dean Morgan posted a tweet teasing a possible appearance by Alicia on Isle of the Dead. Doesn't make any damn sense because they're going to be in New York. I don't know. I don't think this is necessary to do all this. There are several leads that would have lent themselves to obvious crossover that they're completely ignoring. I'm still looking at the thing where they have Eugene. I wanted him to actually be correct about a possible antidote or, you know, way to help vaccine something. And maybe instead of, Merging with Washington that obviously didn't pan out. Maybe something in the Commonwealth can help or CRM or I don't know. They're boogers, but maybe they have stuff. Okay, number eight. The Walking Dead's Rick and Michonne limited series debuts in 2023, replacing the Rick Grimes movies, which are no longer happening. Dan McDermott, president of entertainment and AMC Studios for AMC Networks, told Comic-Con, this is a moment. Fans of The Walking Dead have been waiting for since Rick disappeared in the helicopter early in Season 9. And Michonne journeyed away on a quest to find him the following season, which would be 10, obviously. What a great surprise for the fans in this, at this final Comic-Con for the series that launched this universe and made television, television history. We could not be more excited for a truly epic series finale later this year and to see Annie and Denai return in a new series they helped create one of three new series come in 2023 that continues the stories of so many iconic and fan favorite TWD characters. I'm going to double check and see if Joan has anything more to say. She does have a couple comments. Let's share them with the listeners. Um, I thought we were already 10 years into the whole apocalypse, as in since Rick woke up in the hospital in the first episode way back in the beginning. Now, when Rick first woke up, it had barely started because remember when he was leading up to meeting Morgan and he met Bicycle Girl and all that stuff, it was super early. People didn't realize a whole bunch of things. They were still living in the old way. Um, 
in season one. And then she says, well, crap, Angela's still running with a saving grace. Now, she's not gone from the project completely. So as executive producer or whatever she's doing, hopefully she's going to still have her influence in there because, yeah, she really has done a lot to rescue the franchise and needs to touch all the things. I agree with you completely, Joan. Okay, let's go back to the notes. Um, feel free to call in if you want to speak with the host at 914-338-0314. We'll be taking calls all evening tonight, but especially encourage you guys to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time before the live show uh, on TV. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat freely on the air. If the phones are not your thing, feel free to click on the link and join us in our live chat room where you can ask questions, chat, and you will be able to listen to the show real time, as well as go back to the link and download the episode after the fact. And we post the link on our Facebook page and my social media as much as possible. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening or any evening of the show, you can still go to each episode link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. All right, tonight's Tales episode is entitled EVEVIE slash John. The official AMC synopsis is, in a road trip story, a reclusive prepper abandons his bunker in search of a female prepper from his past. Along the way, he meets an unlikely ally who is his polar opposite. They team up in an effort to find their lost loved ones. End quote. Since each episode of this series is self-contained, we will also introduce the main characters because they'll only be on once. Evie is played by actor Olivia Munn, M-U-N-N. Joe is played by actor Terry Crews. Yes, that Terry Crews. And additional character Sandra is played by Kirsty Bryant. And we're going to do bios for the actors, again, because they'll only be on once. Joan is saying, well, it's been 10 years since then, so how are they handling the timeline now? Um, what I'm trying to say is they really butchered it because Fear had been a prequel after they'd been several years in, and they had to do catching up, and they jumped a different amount on each series and made a mess. So technically, we're not 100% clear. There may be websites that have done the actual math on how the timelines line up, but for the moment right now, I don't know if you care to take on a project tonight, um, if you do have the spoons to do that, see if you can find a website that does explain all of the timelines and how they go together. Um, I know that they have taken a jump, and by now it may be around 10 years, but um, World Beyond began 10 years since then, and then they had two years, so now they're 12 and a half years ahead. So we got to figure out how it all goes together and catches up with the other series. Um, it, it's a mess. It's spaghetti. And if you don't have the bandwidth for it, Joan, I certainly understand because I know I don't. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and do bios for the actors. I have quite a bit of info on these guys. I wanted to do them justice because we're only going to get one shot to do this because they're only on one episode. Uh, it's at 845, and we'll, we have a lot of info to catch up on. So, you know, we may be bleeding over in between 
uh, commercials and so on, but this is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, first actor, Olivia Munn. Lisa Olivia Munn was born in Oklahoma City to Kimberly Nguyen, N-G-U-Y-E-N, and I apologize if I'm not saying it correctly. It's, you know, the common Vietnamese surname. Feel free to please correct me if you know better. Um, and Winston Munn. Her father is of German, Irish, and English ancestry. Her mother, who is of Chinese ancestry, arrived as a Vietnamese refugee in the United States in 75, following the Vietnam War, and settled in Oklahoma, where she met Munn's father. Munn had a younger brother, John, a physicist, an older brother, James, a custom motorcycle shop owner, and two older sisters, Annie and Sarah, the latter of whom is a lawyer. When Munn was two years old, her parents divorced, and her mother married a member of the United States Air Force, uh, whose last name is Schmid, S-C-H-M-I-D. The family relocated to Utah, where they resided until 1986. Munn's stepfather was then transferred to Yokota Air Base near Tachikawa in Tokyo, Japan, where she spent her formative years. She claims to have been fluent in Japanese as a child. When Munn was 16, her mother divorced her stepfather and moved with the children back to Oklahoma City. Sorry for so much personal stuff. It is in published bios of hers on her website and, and IMDb. So I'm going to go ahead and say it since somebody bothered to enter it. Um, moved with the children back to Oklahoma City. Munn attended Putnam City North High School for her junior and senior year, then attended the University of Oklahoma, Boomer Sooners. <laughs> I have a family friend who was uh, alumna of there, where she earned a BA in journalism with a minor in Japanese and dramatic arts. In regard to her faith, there's not a lot of, in bios, but I'm assuming apparently she's... Uh, I'm going to take a leap and say devout Christian, but there is no mention of what this means. Uh, regard to her faith and work in the movie Deliver Us from Evil, Munn has said that, quote, I didn't believe in the supernatural before this movie. However, after viewing footage from the New York City Police Department of allegedly real-life exorcisms, she stated, I'm a full believer now, end quote. She is a black belt in Taekwondo. Go you. In November 2017, Munn had her own Me Too moment and accused film director Brett Ratner, R-A-T-N-E-R, of repeated sexual harassment towards her as well as an instance of sexual assault. She has supported the Me Too and Time's Up movements with both personal efforts and public statements. Munn was in a relationship with NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers from 2014 to 17. She began dating comedian John Mulaney in 2021 and they announced that Mum was pregnant in September. Their son was born November 24, 2021. Their son, uh, Malcolm's middle name is Hyep. It's H-I-E-P, and it has special punctuation marks because it's Vietnamese, and I don't know the names of the marks, so I'm not going to explain it. And I'm sorry about that, but you can Google it if you really want to see how, how it's written. And they did this to honor Mum's Vietnamese heritage. In Vietnamese, this name most commonly means either warrior, to unite, or to come together. And all of those are noble prospects, you know, good luck to give a child. After an internship at an NBC station in Tulsa, she moved to Los Angeles where she began a professional career as a television host for the gaming network G4. 
primarily on the series Attack of the Show from 2006 until 2010. She then appeared as a correspondent on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart from 2010 to 11. She is known for her three-season-long portrayal of Sloan Sabbath in Aaron Sorkin's HBO political drama The Newsroom from 2012 to 14. Munn worked as an actress in the late 2000s and appeared in a lead role on the television series Beyond the Break from 2006 to 9 and supporting parts in the comedy films Big Stan 2007 and Date Night 2010. Also, the superhero film Iron Man 2 from 2010 and Steven Soderbergh's comedy drama Magic Mike in 2012. She starred in the supernatural horror film Deliver Us from Evil in 2014, the comedy Mordecai in 2015, and X-Men Apocalypse in 2016 as Psylocke. In 2017, she provided the voice of Coco in the Lego Ninjago movie and had a lead role on the History Channel Series 6, nothing to do with the current musical about King Henry's Wives, uh, 2017. In 2018, she had a leading role in the science fiction film The Predator, which is the fourth film in the Predator franchise. She has over 50 acting credits going back to 2004, including for Zoolander 2, X-Men Apocalypse, Ocean's 8, and others. Her appearance in Iron Man 2 made her one of the few Walking Dead Universe cast members to appear in the MCU. The others who have are Michael Rooker, who is uh, Merle, Denai Guerrero, who's Michonne, Ross Marquand, Aaron. I did not realize that he was in something in the MCU. A few of these are a surprise to me. Michael James Saw, who's Mercer, Shaw, excuse me, uh, Michael Mercer, Lauren Bridloff, Connie, Kaylee Fleming, Judith Grimes, Matt Lentz, who was Henry, and Danny Ramirez, who is Eric. Uh, she has an upcoming project called Aleppo, a drama directed by David Sherman, S-C-H-U-R-M-A-N-N. Uh, what part she's playing and what date it's coming out is unknown, but it's in the future. Tonight is her first work in the Walking Dead franchise. And I know that's a lot, so we may only get to Terry's bio before we go dark. We'll see. And Joan has some more uh, comments. She's going to try to look into it. She says, I might even still have some notes from a while back when I got curious about the timeline. No promises. But it sounds like a good project for when I need a break from work stuff. Yes. If you have time in the bandwidth, it's always appreciated. And if not tonight, it's appreciated if you're able to do it maybe during the week or maybe I'll find some links. You know, we'll see. But I think it would be good for us to spend a little time explaining that. Uh, I think the listeners are probably as confused as I am. <laughs> it's all right. Okay, 852, oh, 53 now, changed. Uh, let's do Terry Crew. Cruz, Terry Cruz, C-R-E-W-S. Cruz was born in Flint, Michigan, the son of Patricia Ann Simpson and Terry Cruz, senior. The middle child of three, he grew up in a strict Christian household in Flint and was raised mainly by his mother. His father was an alcoholic and abusive to his mother. Again, some of these personal things are in the public bios that they have out there. Um, it is relevant to some of his advocacy work in a bit, so I did leave those in. Um, Cruz received a flute from his great aunt and took lessons for eight years. He spent a summer at Interlochen Arts Academy and entered Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo on an art scholarship. After his freshman year, he tried out for the football team and earned a full athletic scholarship. He played football at Western Michigan University, WMU in Kalamazoo. A public advocate for women's rights and activist against sexism, 
Cruz has shared stories of the abuse his family endured at the hands of his violent father and was also included among a group of people named as Time Person of the Year in 2017 for going public with stories of sexual assault during the Me Too movement. He met Rebecca King when he was a college sophomore. She was a music minister at a local church. Uh, They got married in July of 1989. They had four daughters and a son, Isaiah Cruz, who is also an actor, and one grandchild. Terry starred along Tyler James Williams uh, as Noah and Vincent Martella as Patrick in Everybody Hates Chris. He has stated that he was a big fan of The Walking Dead before joining the universe. His favorite character from The Walking Dead is Tyrese. Cruz previously worked alongside Garrett Dillahunt, who played John Dory, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Cruz has soundtrack IMDb credits for six shows, including Everybody Hates Chris, American Dad, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He has close to 100 acting credits back to 2000, including CSI Miami, a Blink-182 video, The Boondocks, The Expendables, The Newsroom. Interesting. He and um, uh, Olivia have both worked on The Newsroom. So so that's kind of fun. A little Kevin Bacon moment there. Um, Okay, let me get back to the thing. I lost my place. Okay. Video game Saints Row 4, he's voiced. Terminator, Salvation. Scary Movie 5. Deadpool 2, and many more. He has two upcoming projects. He's still in the animated series... Uh, TV series, Craig of the Creek, voicing Dwayne, Mr. Williams, and Kit's dad. He will also voice Dwayne Williams, co-starring in 2023 in the animated TV series, Jessica's Big Little World. Tonight is also his first work anywhere in the Walking Dead franchise. we got five minutes, so let's see if we can get the last one. Christy Bryan, born in Golden, Colorado, home to Coors Beer. Woo! That's I'm not a big fan, of course, sorry. Uh, To a pair of docs, her mother's a physician and her father has a PhD in geostatistics. Um, Kirsty grew up in a home of scientists who loved and supported the arts. Her passion for acting began when she was very little. She was able to persuade her three beloved siblings to mount full productions of innovative and original works such as Teacup Me and Drama on the Kitchen Floor. Everyone received rave reviews and spaghetti. (laughs) <laughs> I like her sense of humor. It's very cute. Uh, Kirstie's first scripted role was in the Golden High School Theater, where she starred in the pivotal role of the apothecary in Romeo and Juliet. She was hooked and couldn't get enough. Part of a very tight-knit family, her siblings are brother, singer-songwriter, drag artist, Bay Bryan. Her younger sister, Raina Bryan, is an inventor and business strategist for a green planet for her company, Rainchild Design. And her oldest sister, Shahara Mattingly, is an established health and wellness nutrition shaman. Surprise fact, Kirsty began training as a classical harpist at age seven. Pretty cool. As an adventurer, she's been paragliding in Nepal, skydiving in Siberia, and treks solo through Croatia, Jordan, Israel, and Palestine. I may end up having to cut her bio short and come back to it. That's fine. You guys will understand. Kirsty works as an actress, writer, producer, and adventurer based in New York City. Kirsty has been working off-Broadway, or worked off-Broadway internationally and regionally in film and television and theater. She's been nominated for the Elliot Norton Award for Outstanding Actress in a Large Theater for Best Supporting Actress at the Madrid IFF for her performance in Ryan Denmark's Hell's Heart. 
She received the Adeline Roth Levine Excellence in Acting Award from Carnegie Mellon University. She received a theater communications grant for theater work in Russia and was a TCG U.S. delegate to Havana, Cuba in 2015. Kirstie has been in residency at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center with Fresh Ground Pepper Theater and has her own production company, Violet's Umbrella. She's a proud member of the AEA and SAG-AFTRA. Kirstie studied acting at Interlochen Arts Academy. Wow, another one. Here we go. This is fun how these, these guys all come together. And then Carnegie Mellon University and the Moscow Art Theater. Actress and Hustlers, All Rise, New Amsterdam, Ray Donovan, FBI's Most Wanted, Lincoln Rhyme, Elementary, Law and Order, Drop Dead Diva, Golden Boy, Off-Broadway, International Whole Wall Theater Spaces. She has 25 IMDb acting credits back to 2009, as well as extensive theater stage credits. She has two upcoming projects, unknown role and date in the Comedy Short Conference, and playing Susan Sparrow, which is a secondary role in 2023 drama Rachel Hendricks, starring Lori Singer, uh, the co-lead in Footloose. Tonight is her first work in the Walking Dead franchise, and now it's 8.59, so we're going to go dark, and we'll see you guys at the first commercial break. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys, it's 9.10, and now we are finally at the first commercial break. Um, Joan's kind of not really sure where to start scoring this, and she says, I like the girl, so maybe I'll go middle of the road with a five. Hey, not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to actually go with a four because I'm feeling like this story hook is it's so stereotypical and contrived and things like this have been done to death. I mean, Eugene and what's her face on the radio and like this whole, like I should go take a wild goose chase for some woman. I hardly know thing. I'm kind of not feeling it. I don't mind Terry Crews. I don't mind Olivia. Um, just lukewarm with the story. It's not horrible, but I'm like not super impressed yet. I want room to go up, I suppose. Um, Joan has a link for something that says season eight for fear is premiering in 2023. I have been hearing it's premiering in 2022, but it's going to run into 2023, which is why I think it's going to be over the Christmas holidays. We'll see soon enough. Um, we're both kind of stabby about the dog. Um, the guy's dog got attacked early on, but of course it seemed like he's got to carry the dog out to pee and stuff like that. Not that I want the dog to get eaten or anything to happen to it, but more like yeah, the dog was going to have a hard time in an apocalypse with problems like that. So I, I sadly think something of that nature was probably mildly inevitable. I hate to say it. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm at four. Joan's at five. She thinks uh, Terry's character should have spent some time watching Road Warrior instead of all the football over and over. Yeah, possibly. Now, here is a sort of a teaser trailer for the last eight episodes of Walking Dead Classic. 
Um, I, I gotta tell you, I don't think Rick and Michonne are appearing in this. Maybe, maybe a tease to get to their own series. They gotta figure out how they got there. All right, we're back. I'll see you guys at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 9.23. I've noticed that they have fewer commercials tonight. I guess they're trying to shove more content in since it's a one-off. Um, Jonah's staying at 5. I'm willing to go to 4.5 with this. That's fine and well. Um, let me see. I'm looking for all the comments that we made in between the last time we did something. Um, you know, Jonah said, uh, Dar- uh, Daryl's bike is better than Joe's. <laughs> um, we we're both trying to figure out how he got his tires fixed magically after that spiky crap. Was he just so happened to have motorcycle tires that fit or a way to patch them? I don't know. Just, yeah. they, they didn't look like run flat, so they wouldn't have had a problem. Um, surprised he's listening to country music on the Walkman. And uh, Jonas also said, what is she calling the walkers? The Totad. That's what she called them. And she said, what the hell would these two have done if walkers wandered up while they were sleeping? Well, it looks like they did, actually, and had the bells. Um, I think she's an idiot for not unlocking him to be able to fight. Um... Joan is having trouble hearing me, so hopefully I can be heard, and if she refreshes it, it'll make more sense. I am talking. Okay. So not quite sure what's happening with all that. Um, We're still in commercial, so I'm going to go ahead and keep going with my notes. We finished a bio for Kirstie Bryan, and uh, there are no additional synopsis tonight. Nobody had a preview since it was a series opener. Um, Next week's episode two, which is Blair slash Gina, is going to sneak preview tonight on AMC Plus, as has been typical of the main series in recent years. When you go to AMC Plus at the end of the episode, they have the one for next week, starting with the prior Sunday, available. Uh, Writers and directors profiles. Tonight's episode was written by Ben Sokolowski and Maya Goldsmith and directed by Ron Underwood. All three of these names are not strangers to the Walking Dead franchise. So um, I'm, let me see. Oh, refreshing work. Now she can hear me. This is good. Um, we're still in commercials, so I'm going to start on the profiles, but I don't expect to finish. Okay, first writer, Ben Sokolowski, is a Canadian television writer. According to his Twitter bio, um, just looking, okay, there's TV stuff. We're about to go back. According to his Twitter bio, he's also a husband and father and inseparable Toronto sports fan. Um, all right, we're still in what looks like Better Call Saul of some sort. Uh, oh, so something called Day Shift. Uh, not really sure what's up with that. Okay, Burger King commercial. Let's keep going. He received a BFA in screenwriting from University of Southern California in 2006 and currently lives in Los Angeles. 
He began his career as a production staffer on the J.J. Abrams-produced ABC dramedy, What About Brian? He would later go on to work with Abrams a second time on the 2008 science fiction feature Cloverfield as a production assistant. In 2011, he was hired as a story editor on CTV's The Listener. He went on to script one episode, Lady in the Lake. He has written for the NBC horror series Fear Itself and the French-Canadian action drama Transport of the Series. He has three production assistant credits for What About Brian, Cloverfield, and The Listener. He has four producer credits for The Flash in 2016, DC's Legends of Tomorrow 2017, Arrow 2017, and also co-executive producer for Walking Dead World Beyond Season 1. I am just checking back with the TV, and we are back now, so I'll finish this at the next break. Okay, it's 9.35, and we're just at break number three. I'm creeping up to 4.75. The bullets thing and the lamb and the bike and all that stuff is a little bit different. Stuff hasn't uh, been done to death already. Um, Joan and I were both remarking how both of their characters seem to have a little lack of knowledge how to kill walkers for all that prepper crap. I would have thought that checking the news or just leaving the bunker once in a while or something that, you know, it's fine to be holed up, but you should be getting information as to how things are going. And some of that should include the early development of figuring out how to kill them, you know, because fear went through that. Everything has gone through that. Um, Joan also said she agrees. And let's add, don't leave the bike running and unattended. Yeah. I, well, you know, he's been holed up. He doesn't realize there's many people left. And that they're like that. He's going through the whole phase that, like, you know, Daryl was trying to explain to Beth years ago that the only people left now are assholes and people protected by assholes. So you know which is which. <laughs> um, Jonah's staying at 5. I'm at 475. Now 936. Let's go back to my notes and continue. Um, ben Solikowski's bio. Uh, we did his producer credits. He has six writer credits, Fear Itself 2008, The Listener 2011, Transport of the Series 2012, Flash 2015, Arrow 2017 to 18, and World Beyond. Tonight's show is the fifth episode Ben has written in the Walking Dead franchise. The first was World Beyond Season 1, Episode 2, Blaze of Gory. Uh, second and third were Season 1, Episodes 9 and 10, The Deepest Cut and In This Life. Uh, which were the season ending. And fourth was World Beyond Season 2, Episode 5, Cotterbois. He also wrote Season 1, Episode 5, Devon, for Tales. You know, so obviously uh, Episode 5 of this, he was actually the writer for that. Okay, Maya Goldsmith is a producer and writer known for Pretty Little Liars 2010, How to Get Away with Murder 2014, and Rails and Ties in 2007. I'm not sure how much longer it will be, but I'll get what I can of her bio. There's no easily found biographical data on her. I haven't found any yet. 2008 to 9, she was assistant to executive producer for Lipstick Jungle, story editor and executive story editor for Pretty Little Liars, 2011 to 13. Uh, her first 
writing was Lipstick Jungle, then the collection, Pretty Little Liars and How to Get Away with Murder. Goldsmith was a producer for the collection, Pretty Little Liars and How to Get Away with Murder. She was a co-executive producer for all of Walking Dead World Beyond. Tonight is her sixth time writing an episode in the Walking Dead franchise. The others were uh, World Beyond Season 1, Episode 6, Shadow Puppets. Uh, Second was Season 1, Episode 9, The Deepest Cut with Ben Sokolowski. Third is Season 1, Episode 10, Finale, In This Life, co-written with Matt Negrete and Ben Sokolowski. Fourth is Season 2, Episode 4, Family is a Four-Letter Word, by herself. And the fifth was Series Finale, Season 2, Episode 10, The Last Light, with Matt Negrete. Um, We're not back yet, so I'll keep going. Ronald Brian Underwood, who is the director, was born in Glendale, California. Uh, We're still in commercials, but not for much longer, so we'll see. A director who's equally adept at working in television as well as features. Uh, Southern California native Ron Underwood has been making films since fifth grade and was winning Eastman Kodak Filmmaking Awards by the time he was in his teens. After graduating from the University of Southern California, he completed a fellowship at the American Film Institute and then began his professional career in educational films. He directed more than 100 educational films before turning his attention to children's television. Underwood's ABC Weekend special, The Mouse and the Motorcycle, 1986, earned both a Peabody Award and an Emmy nomination. Uh, Here's a trailer for something kind of weird. I'm not quite clear what this is yet. I'm kind of... Something called... Oh, it's Moonhaven. Apparently season one is bingeable now on AMC+. But I think we're going to go back in a second, so I'm kind of hovering. Or maybe not. Unless this is part of Moonhaven. Oh, Interview with the Vampire. Okay. October 2nd, that starts on AMC+. Now we're back. See you guys at break number four. Okay, guys, it's 9.50. Things have just gotten a little interesting, and I was last at 4.75... Joan's going to 525, and I think I'm going to join her. Although this last little bit's kind of bothering me because it seems like this new person's kind of nuts, but I can't figure out a reason for it. I don't like that I don't understand where this is coming from. Like, why was she pretending to be so nice and being fine? <laughs> Joan says these preppers are the best argument for socialization I've ever seen. You know, not going to lie, there's a lot of things that are kind of wrong with people from not enough socialization. I, I think between the show and things we've learned from COVID, that's crystal clear. So, you know, I guess they're just really leaning into that. I don't know. Eek. Okay, so we're at 525, 9.51 now. Let me finish uh, Ron Underwood's bio here. Okay, where did I go? Oh, Emmy nomination. Okay, the director made his feature film debut in 1990 with the science fiction comedy Tremors. The film, which starred Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, became a sleeper hit, spawning six sequels and a USA TV series. This success was followed with the blockbuster comedy City Slickers 91 with Billy Crystal and Jack Palance. In addition to directing long-form films, Underwood has directed critically acclaimed television series including Scandal, 
Once Upon a Time, Grey's Anatomy, The Good Fight, and many others. Underwood has some interesting starter credits as well, including being a PA on Westworld's 1976 sequel, Future World, first assistant director on 79 schlock horror movie, Tourist Trap, which I actually kind of liked as a kid, uh, producer for Tremors 2 Aftershock, and writer for Tremors 1, 2, 4, which went to video, and A Cold Day in Hell, which is a 2018 video. It appears he did not work for some reason on Tremors 3. It doesn't really mention why. Underwood had 58 director's credits back to 1980, including episodes of Monk, Boston Legal, Ugly Betty, Harry's Law, Burn Notice, Castle, Grey's Anatomy, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Once Upon a Time, and the Hawaii Five-O, Magnum P.I., and MacGyver remakes. Tonight marks his fifth time working in any capacity on the franchise. His first was directing Fear, Season 5, Episode 10, 210 Words a Minute. The second was Season 6, Episode 4, The Key. Third was Season 7, Episode 3, Cindy Hawkins. And fourth was Season 7, Episode 12, Sunny Boy. There is no trivia about tonight's episode because nobody's seen it to catch any. We'll probably get it next week. Um, It doesn't list any co-stars uncredited. The only trivia is um, first and last appearance of Joe, Evie, and Sandra. And this was originally the fifth episode of the season. However, it was rearranged for unknown reasons. And the fifth was something else. Uh, We don't really know why they played around with all that. There is no last episode's trivia, obviously. So we'll just skip over that part, too. All right. Um, We're still in a commercial. So cast birthdays this week. Um, The last time that we did birthdays was June. So I've got June, July, and some of August to do for you guys. We may have to – I'm keeping an eye on the commercials, but – Okay, June birthdays. Caitlin Nakin, who who was Enid in Alexandria June 11th from Atlanta. Ethan Philan Randall, who was Ethan Embry, well, that's his stage name, who was Carter in Alexandria June 13th from Huntington Beach, California. Daniel Christopher Newman, who was Daniel uh, the Kingdom Soldier June 14th, and he's from Atlanta. Elizabeth Faith Ludlow, who was Arat, a savior defector, June 15th. She's American, but I don't know what city she was born in. Ryan Douglas Hurst, who was Beta from The Whisperers, June 19th, and he's from Santa Monica. David Mark Morrissey was governor slash Philip Blake, June 21st, Liverpool, England. And Alana Masterson, Tara, June 27th, Long Island, New York. And Chandler Riggs, who was Carl, June 27th, from Atlanta. And then I'll pause here, and I'll see you guys at break number five. Okay, it's 9.58. According to Joan, this goes till 10.08, so we got a few minutes left. Good. She's staying at 5.25. I'm going to get a 5.5 just because the other girl came back. Slightly cliched, but I'm all right with it. And Joan's like, I like Princesses crazy better. She had her little zombie mannequins. But, you know, she wasn't psycho like this. And I hate overusing that word. We talk about that on the other show that I do. But, you know, we get the point. This is all very American horror story, and it's kind of bugging me. All right, let's do July birthdays while we got a chance. And Olivia Munn, 
Real name, Lisa Olivia Munn, uh, Evie, in Season 1, Episode 1, Tales of the Walking Dead. July 3rd, and she's from Oklahoma City. Nadine Marissa Richard, who plays Nabila, the Kingdom Gardener, and Jerry's girlfriend, slash de facto wife, I guess. July 4th, and she's from Houston. Pruitt Taylor Vince, who's Otis, Green Farmhand, Season 2. July 5th, from Baton Rouge. Major Dodson, who is Sam Anderson and Alexandria, July 12th from Dallas. Nick Bernadoni, who's a writer for Fear, July 15th from Brooklyn. Adam Boyer, who is a Terminus Butcher, July 16th. Um, we don't have conferred where he's from, but we think it's probably Atlanta. Eleanor Matsura, who is Yumiko, Magna's girlfriend, well, former girlfriend now, uh, July 16th, and she's from Tokyo. Eddie Gazalian, who's a writer for both Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond. July 27th, he's from Oregon City. And Terry Cruz, Terrence Allen Cruz, Joe, in season one, episode one of Tales, July 30th, Flint, Michigan. It's a somewhat recent birthday for a couple people in this. Uh, and then August birthdays, John Carroll Lynch, who is Eastman Morgan's mentor, August 1st, Fort Boulder, Colorado. Melissa Ponzio, who was Karen in Woodbury in the prison, August 3rd from New York City. Donzali Abernathy, who was Dr. Stevens in Woodbury, August 5th in Montgomery, Alabama. Rick Otto, Andrew in the Walking Dead webisodes Torn Apart, uh, six movie clips that features Hannah and her story of how she became infected as the half-corpse or bicycle zombie. Um, August 10th, and he's from Baltimore. Then Emily Kinney, who's Beth, August 15th, Fort Wayne, uh, oh, just not Fort Wayne, excuse me, just Wayne. Uh, Any is Nebraska, isn't it? Okay, yeah. Brighton Rose Charbino, who was Lizzie. Look at the flowers. August 19th, Flower Mound, Texas. And Alicia Rowan Witt, who was Paula, a savior, August 21st, Worcester, Massachusetts. So let's give everybody some, hold on just a second. My waves got messed up. Okay, here we go. Let's give everybody some happy birthday applause. Thank you, guys. We have a promo for the last bit of Walking Dead Classic. I'm expecting us to go back in a second. Oh, better call Saul first. Um Joan is going to check the master list of nicknames for walkers and see if we have any of those. Um, Featured music, of course, we haven't done since nobody's done it till tonight. And Talking Dead, there doesn't seem to be a Talking Dead for this, which is kind of sad. Uh, We're back now. I'll see you guys at the next break, which is probably the end. Okay, guys, it's 10.09. We are at the end. Um... I'm looking through the notes. Nice up. They still didn't stab the lady in the head. Idiots. Yeah, well, you know, like I said earlier, I'm not clear that they understood for sure that that's the way to do it. And yet they killed a bunch on the way to Michigan. I don't know. Previously in the next one, I already heard that one was really weird. She's ending this one on 5-5, five, five, and now it's Star Trek again. I'm going to actually end on 5-7-5 five, because five, I'm kind of okay with Terry and Olivia's characters getting together. Um, I do have a few more notes real quick to go over. Uh, The rest of season one for this. Um, Episode two, title is Blair slash Gina. Writer is Carrie Drake. Director is Satro. 
the air date is August 21st. Um, number three is D, D-E-E. And D is, this is not a secret or a spoiler. It's been in the promos. D is short for Dolores. Dolores, if you remember, it's either Dolores or Deborah. It's one or the other. Um, that's Alpha. It's we, we already saw kind of her origin story when she was in the shelter with her husband still, but this is before even that, maybe like what made her how she was or something. Or it may have been right after that whole thing, but before she met Beta, I don't know. But anyway, the writer's Channing Powell, director is Satro, that's August 28th. Episode 4, Amy slash Dr. Everett. And I had a bit of deja vu where I thought these might have been characters from World Beyond, but it turns out they're not. Um, I just wanted to put that to bed in case anybody else thought the same thing I did. Um, so the writer is Amadou Garba. This is not a writer I'm familiar with, and I think this may be a first-timer to the Walking Dead franchise. I guess, you know, we'll find out when I get to their bio. And then the director is Haifa Al-Mansur, and that's September 4th. It'll be Labor Day weekend. Um, number five is Devon. Channing Powell is the writer, and the director is Satro uh, again, September 11th. Although it also said tonight's writer had worked on Devon as well. i got to figure out how that plugs together. That may be incomplete data. The last episode is called La Donna, D-O-N with the accent over it, A. The writer is Lindsay Villarreal. And Deborah Campmeyer is the director, and that's September 18th. Other upcoming shows on NDB Media include Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Links can be gotten on the NDB Media page on Facebook. Phantom Access Week in Review is Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the entertainment explosion of Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they tackle another night of TV. Recent shows included Westworld, season finale of Moonhaven, The Sandman, Paper Girls, and whatever else sounds intriguing. This coming Wednesday, the Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show with myself, Wednesday the 17th, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. the Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. The topic is currently TBA. Travel Itch Radio, Thursday the 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Hear all about the biggest little city in the world when Ben McDonald talks Reno, Nevada on Travel Itch Radio. Listen live as Dan Schlossberg and co-host Mary Ellen Nugent Lee ask Ben about the town's mining and railroad history, the advent of gambling, and the competition with downstate Las Vegas. The 471st episode of the 11-year history of Travelish Radio. Congratulations, guys. Uh, outro, thank you very much to not only everybody joining us tonight, but those of you who may be listening later via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. We hope you will join us next weekend for another live watch party on the same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Thank you so much for joining us, and good night. Take care.